Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. Uh, this one coming to you post Arsenal game, like literally a couple of minutes after the Arsenal game finished. Uh, and both myself and Jordan Weimer here. Disappointing, very disappointing. I hate one nils, Jordan. I hate one nils. Because you always feel like you've got a chance in a, in a 1-0, don't you? Like, you know, it, it, that close to the draw. Oh, never mind. Never mind. But how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, it's very frustrating. I think, um, I think obviously, the result in itself is frustrating. But everything that led towards it, um, some of the refereeing, uh, a few of the decisions being made in that game, mm. I thought were very questionable at best. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure we'll discuss that as, as we go on. Obviously, this being straight after the game, we haven't... Had our times to had had the time to prepare our notes like we maybe normally would, but I mean, it, I think this is a game that kind of needed to be talked about straight afterwards, just because some of those kind of real talking points were so so much based on that kind of in the game emotional moment rather than breaking down the kind of the, the tactics and such. Although we'll, we'll try and do that too, but yeah, extremely uh, extremely frustrating and, and disappointing because as you say, when it's one 0 you kind of feel like you're in that in that that range of, of kind of clawing something back. And I thought as the game, we normally grew into it quite well. So yeah, disappointing. Five changes for this one, Jordan. One of the biggest ones was probably that Nkulu came in for his first start um, at the expense mm. of uh, Truzdekong, which raised a few eyebrows because I think most people thought it might be Cathcart that was uh, the man to, to come out of the team. But no, it was Trust. Uh, what was your thinking of that? Yeah, and, and Siri Alta on the bench as well, on top of that too. So it's interesting. I mean, our starting centre backs from the, from the championship season, uh, who, who were kind of you know one of the, the highlights of the team, um, not not involved from the start today. And Craig Cathcart brought in, who was definitely on the periphery uh, last season when he was available. So interesting. Um, I mean, clearly Ranieri likes likes Cathcart or something in Cathcart, but there, there are some question marks there for sure. I think you'd maybe wonder why um, Serie has not been able to kind of get back into the team. I know he's just come back from fit, from injury, so. I do feel like the um, I feel like Ranieri's Ranieri's staff, his trainers are a little bit um, a little bit stricter in terms of when players come back and, and and they're available. So maybe that's why we're not seeing Siriata. But it is an interesting choice. Um, I think most people would have, as you said, guessed that Truce to Kong would be in there next to Nkulu if Nkulu was to be brought in. How did he play today, uh, Jordan Nkulu? I mean, obviously it's a difficult game going against you know one of the the sort of big six as it as it were, but. Um... What, what what was your opinion of him this afternoon? I thought he was fine. Um, I think he kind of he did everything we needed of him. Is 
kind of comfortable in possession, used the ball as he had to. We didn't have much of it. When he did, he kind of played quite simply, which is all you really want in this sort of game. Um, defensive positioning was quite good. I thought he dealt pretty well with the Bamiyang. Uh, and, and having said that, I think Cathcart did reasonably well too. Uh, I, I didn't think it was a bad performance in the centre-backs by any means. It was um, a, a tough game to play against that, that sort of opposition, especially when they're quite mobile and the angles they take and the movement they have. Um, you're not sticking to one man throughout the game. You're often kind of having these runners that are coming through. Uh, Smith Rowe, for example, is kind of making those diagonal runs and playing those balls. And so it's, it's a difficult job for defenders. You have to just be uh, composed, switched on, alert. You have to kind of play with a, a 360 view because you have to be aware of what's around you. And uh, I think from that sense, I thought both centre-backs did pretty well, but Nkuli was um, was good, I'd say. Another one of the uh, the five changes was Danny Rose coming in for Adam Massena. As as, uh, as as you like to call him, Jordan. I don't know mm. if it's Adam Massena or Adam Messina. I don't know. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> I didn't even know I did I that. Know. Yeah, Massena. I, mean, I, I, I don't I, know. I guess so. Messina. Have to get him on. Have to get him on the show to see if he can uh, explain that for us. As a part Italian man, I, I want to say Messina, but I I could be completely wrong there. But anyway, that's I'll go with that. Messina for now. And <laughs> the Italian is spoken. That's beside the point. Anyway, um, Rose came in. Um, it it seemed to me as though he was a bit behind. The pace today, Jordan. What what was your opinion of Danny Rose this afternoon? Yeah, um, I think there's still some fitness concerns there. Um, but having said that, I just don't know if I'd see Ranieri putting him in with too many concerns. I, I don't know. I think as, as a whole, I thought he was okay, but um, I thought the penalty that he gave away is, you know, I thought that was a very poor, very poor moment from Rose. I, I don't think you can. He, he has to be aware of the fact that Lacazette's in that position. And you can try and claim ignorance and hope you get away with it, but you know you're taking a big risk. And I think there'll be situations where the referee is going to, you know, say it's an accidental eyes in the ball situation. But we all know that Danny Rose would have known Lacazette's there, and he rolled the dice and he lost. So that was disappointing because that really could have been the thing that sealed it for them, um, or could have been a game changer at a time he really couldn't have taken it. And I think that's just poor decision making from a defender of his experience. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what he was thinking there, really. I mean, it seems pretty... It's rash. Clear-cut rash. Penalty, yeah, I, think he, I just think he thinks he's going to have a chance of getting away with it because he wants to make contact on the ball. He wants to be aggressive and he thinks that he can claim the ignorance of eyes on the ball. And I just don't think you can you can gamble on that turning up your way every time. And, and this time it hasn't. And you know what? I'm kind of glad it didn't work out that way because I think he needs to be punished for that sort of, that sort of decision and that, in the best way possible because we saved the penalty. But hopefully that's a bit of a reminder to him that you can't get away with that stuff, especially... Um, especially in games like that, we need to kind of keep things as tight as possible for long portions. Mm. With regards to his rest of the game, he he was beaten a lot by Saka, who, you know, mm. was very, very good for Arsenal today. And, uh, you know, he almost... <laughs> I don't know if he was at fault for the, for the first goal that uh, was ultimately ruled out for offside, but, um, you know, he didn't... <laughs> He didn't play much of a role in at least defending it, did he? No, and it wasn't. It just wasn't his best game, possibly, Matt. I don't think it was. Um, I don't think he was exceptional today. I, I, I do like Rose um, in the sense that I think he's he's useful when we do try and play a little bit more direct. I think he maybe fits Ranieri's style a little bit more because you have to be able to play forwards from the back. Uh, I think Adam Massena or Adam Messina's biggest issue. Um, for us, has always been his distribution, and I know he's had some defensive errors too. But his use of the ball can be leaving something to be desired. And I think Rose kind of makes up for that and bridges that gap a little. So I I get why he's in there. I think it's kind of a tough decision because they're both quite different players. 
um, and their their pros and cons are pretty opposite. Okay. Well, another one of the um, the the five changes was Kiko Firmino on the right hand side, and this one was a bit of a surprise as well, just given how well Jeremy Ngaku has played in the last couple of games. I mean, it, it wasn't a, a great performance overall from the team uh, against Southampton, but Ngaku, I think, was one of the few that came out with their head held high, and I I was a bit surprised to see him changed for this one. But what 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 did you think about that one? Yeah, it is a bit surprising. We know what we know what uh, Firmino can offer um, in, in terms of going forward. I think defensively he can maybe be a bit underrated sometimes. I don't think he's as, as bad as often made out. But um, supporting Saar and, and that ability to get the ball into the box, I thought in the second half he was doing that quite well. Um, he finished in ninety minutes, which was nice to see. Um, but I think I think with Ranieri, I, I don't think you can read too much into these changes in terms of uh, what it means the rest of the season. I think they can change quite freely game by game and. That's something, kind of something we talked about coming into well, when Ranieri first got appointed. We wanted to see a coach that was able to to change things depending on the opponent. And I think today he, he felt that it was a better decision to to start Firmino <clears throat> and having Gakka on the bench and and kind of see see if things need to be changed. But from the off, that was his decision. I think going into the next game, he might view things differently. I think it's it's nice to have a coach that's kind of looking at these on an individual basis rather than. Um, rather than kind of looking at it as a bigger picture and seeing who should be the starting right back through this portion of the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it didn't, didn't, you could say it didn't work out because we lost the game, but it's obviously not down to that one decision. It's just one aspect. Um, but I thought Firmino was decent. We also had Emmanuel Dennis back in the side again after his impressive uh, performance away at Everton. Um, not quite as impressive today, but you could certainly see, you know, he he loves being on that, on that wide-hand side. And when we've got him and Saar, both in those wide positions, it mm. really opens Watford up to being able to attack down either flank and at times actually today and I hadn't seen this before maybe I was just not not seeing it but um they were switching quite a bit today as well yeah they're just both very good outlets aren't they the, the way they can kind of get that ball and carry it um you can be a bit more precise with those kind of those forward balls and get them into those wide areas nice and early and they can carry carry the ball for large distances which is quite quite useful for us and the team that's trying to counter-attack and play like that um yeah, works really well defensively. His work rate's excellent as well. Um, he, you know, he can not be the cleanest in some of, the, of his execution, but I think he offers a lot. Um, and at the moment, I think he's definitely our best option from the left. I thought when Chicho Hernandez came on, I thought it was a little bit, I was a little bit disappointing. Is from the right. Um, I know we're kind of moving on a little bit here, Matt. But I just wanted to see him. We're talking about the wings. Um, I thought that uh, Chicho kind of got a bit caught out. Um, on that right-hand side, not quite finding that delivery into the box the way you'd hope. From the left-hand side, he just seems more effective kind of running at players and cutting into that right rather than the the other angle where he's having to kind of bend that cross a little bit earlier. I think his incision into that midfield and then shooting and trying to have that kind of hybrid shot cross that he tries to pull off uh, offers a little bit more. So it's a little bit of a shame that didn't kind of work out that way. I know we changed shape at that point too, but... Uh, yeah, in terms of our wingers, we do have quite a few now that I think can offer something in, in terms of that transition, that counter-attack, and he's just uh, he's another example of a good one. Saar got criticised after that Southampton game, um, and it wasn't just that game in particular, but uh, there's a couple of performances this season now where maybe he's been a bit lacklustre. Did he show any signs of improvement today, Jordan? Or do you not, or do you not think the, uh, the the criticism was was founded? I, I thought he... I thought... I mean... It's not out of nowhere. I understand what people are saying, um, but you have to look at the game around him too, and you have to look at the the players around him, the opportunities he's getting, and and sometimes it might come across like that, and, and maybe he is having a bit of an off off patch. And I don't think that 
the calling into question any no player should be safe from from being changed and not starting it shouldn't be the case but you do have to accept that Sarah is our best player right now um so you you're going to want to have him on the pitch because is that is that on paper Jordan or is that from performances we've seen so far well I think if you blend the two I think he's you know he's obviously his contributions have been good um his scoring has been good his kind of threat that he put he poses has been great teams are accounting for him no matter how good he's playing teams are going to account for him because they know what he can do um I, I don't think that taking him out of the team is necessarily the best option in my opinion um but obviously I can I can still entertain an argument for taking him out but I do think that he is our best player and I think that in terms of performances this season when he's been at his best he's been our best player um and I just think it's a, it's something you want to play this sort of player through. That's how I would approach it. Uh, having said that, if he has an injury, if there's other factors we're not aware of, then then maybe it is best to move move him into the onto the bench, or perhaps you just feel more confident giving someone else a go in that mid, in that midfield and that wing area. That's fine. Mm. I said I was surprised that um, that Ngaki was was replaced for Firmino because because Ngaki had been putting in some good performances. But mm. it, you know you can't argue with the fact that Firmino just plays so much better with Saar and, and you know t- the two together link up a lot better than, than Ngaki has shown so far with Saar yeah I mean for many he's very inter- he's very clever at play- playing in those forward areas I think him and Saar have a good understanding uh, I think with, with for many he's able to get that get on the get on the sideline and kind of push that ball forwards enough he's able to find Saar also able to support and allow Saar to drift in a little bit because we know how good Sar is at isolating defenders and beating them in one-on-one situations, but he's also dangerous and he kind of comes in that in that half space between the winger and the and the striker that operating that more narrow area on the side on the edge of the box. Um, he can be really a, a big threat there, and once he gets in the ball, he's he's a, he's a real danger. And you know, you you could be in a position where you're giving away fouls or penalties on him, and he's a threat. So I think finding different ways to get Sar involved is is smart, and I think that would probably play into. Uh, Ranieri's decision to to start for Mania as well that he wants to kind of get Sarah as involved as possible and you know you know you have to be aware who your best players are and who your kind of key men are and if you address that early uh, which obviously at Watford is quite an easy thing to do um, it, it should be about finding ways to get get the most out of them and that's something we criticised or had issues with under Cisco so having a coach in that's trying to do that is a, is a positive for us mm, indeed um, we've talked about the defence then let's talk about the 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 last aspect of that defence and that's the goalkeeper Ben Foster I think had another fantastic game today um i mean you know that penalty save um you know it 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 wasn't actually that 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 easy to save that uh you know he had to kind of stick out an arm at the last second uh, in fairness not the best penalty but then you, you can very rarely say that a good a good penalty has been mm-hmm. taken if it has been saved but um look he had he, he, he dived the right way stuck out a hand and then followed up getting himself on the ball and that wasn't his only contribution to the game as well he made several saves that kept Watford in it at, at very important times of the game uh, a lot was highlighted today uh, about his age I don't know why the, the the Sky Sports commentators wanted to keep coming back about that but um, great performance from, from Foster yeah for sure I think that's probably his best game this season for us um, I thought he was good he, obviously as you say the penalty was a, was a tough save um, it was a bad penalty it was kind of a little bit just slight left in the middle, wasn't it? And the way Foster has to... Once Foster commits to that side, um, and then once it's kind of more central, he has to readjust. And he kind of... I have to watch it back again, but it looked to me initially that he kind of traps the ball between his hip and his arm in, does, in terms yeah. of saving it. Yeah, and it's, it's it's a good reaction save. And I think, yeah, you can, I mean, you can't really criticise anything he's done there. He's, he's done really well to save that. And then also kind of claim the ball afterwards and 
and kind of keep it secure. Uh, on top of that, as you say, he made some other good saves and it was probably his best game. I thought um, his distribution is what it is. Sometimes he's going to pull pull out one of those kind of long balls into the channel, but for the most part, it's it's a little bit more a little bit more basic. But his saving, his, his shot stopping, sorry, was on kind of on point today, and I thought it was a really really solid performance from Ben. Mm. With regards to his distribution, I thought against Southampton actually he um, he seemed to have a noticeable improvement. Um, he was being a bit more aggressive. He had that one, I think that one where he played in. Oh, he's, I can't remember who it was. He played in now. Maybe he played in Saar or King. Um, we played down the left-hand channel. He was he kind of played that low trajectory, kind of strike into the corner. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it's not overly expansive. And honestly, we're not playing in a situation where we need that in some ways anyway, um, or even that receptive to it. So I'm not going to criticise it because I don't think we should have done anything different today. But I, I just wanted to kind of point out that. Um, his saving, his shot stopping in particular was was very good. Yeah, another good couple of uh, saves I noted down here. There was a fantastic header that was headed into the ground that he managed to stick out a leg and block at the near post. Mm. And then later on in the game, there was a great drive from outside the box that he just kind of stuck his hands up and managed to block away from the from the goal. Um, you know, a very credible performance, probably with, in with a shout of being what was man of the match for today. Yeah, I'd say it's probably, yeah, it's definitely possible. I thought, um, I thought there were some other contenders too. I thought Kuchka was very good. Mm. Um, for large portions of the game, uh, yes. obviously we'll probably we'll touch on the on the Kushka stuff soon. Um, but yeah, it, I th- there's a few shouts in there. But yeah, Foster was definitely up there. He, he was very very good. Well, let's go into him then. Kushka, we we know what we're going to get with him. He is the kind of combative central midfielder who's going to get involved in everything. Um, you know, he doesn't pull his punches. He will go in hard. He's not going in there to hurt you. He's not that kind of a player, I don't think. But he. He wants to win that ball and he's going to win it at whatever, whatever he can do to, to get it away from him. And that kind of play will result in yellow cards. And unfortunately, he picked up one very early in the game, which meant that he kind of had to soften back his approach a bit. But ultimately, he uh, couldn't soften it up for the whole 90 minutes. And he did eventually see a second yellow, which is disappointing because he's not going to be available now for uh, Manchester United. Yeah. But... Let's talk about the good things that he did in the game, and and you know, I mean, some of those are the challenges in, that 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 he made to get those yellow cards, Jordan. It's... <clears throat> yeah, no, I think it's unfortunate. He 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 was so, he's someone that's able to operate in the field and be combative, as you say. I think he's not he's not the fastest, but he covers the ground reasonably well, considering. Um, he's around the ball a lot. He's active in there. He's challenging for the ball, and I think. Clearly, our focus under Ranieri and something we kind of grew into the game, I thought, in this respect, was we were looking for those turnovers. Um, and today, he was central to all of that. Him and Sissoko are both good at it, but Kuchka is much more direct. Um, you see the way players react around him. The opposition know how he's going to attack the ball, and being consistent like that, I think, is important. Um, he's he's very useful, and he's had some, some games recently where he's been bypassed a little bit and he's not quite been on the pace. But uh, in situations where you need him to turn over the ball and be aggressive, that's... You know, that's what you expect from him, and that's what he he does. Um, he he is more than that. I think he is capable of of taking shots on goal, and obviously we saw he's got a header against Everton. He, he's a decent player, and I think um, I think today he was pretty unfortunate. I thought the second yellow was, I, I do think it was a poor decision, um, and I think it was yeah quite quite un, unfairly treated in that sense. It seemed like he won the well, no, that's not true. It seemed like he he got the ball in the challenge, but I. I felt as though he did also catch the man as well because the ball kind of bounded off of his leg as he came in to challenge for it. But his right leg, which wasn't involved in that uh, clearance, uh, mm-hmm. caught the man. Is that perhaps what you think they that they it's, Kevin it's, Friend saw? It is. 
it is but at the same time i feel like I feel like your opponent's kind of off the ground before that contact's even made or is on the way over beforehand i think it's just uh, it's a shame i just think if that i think upon review i think you can see if you're being objective i think you can see there's not the contact is not is not is not relative to the actual outcome from the opponent i think he's coming down in a way which isn't isn't reaction reactionary to the contact from Kushka's second leg or whatever kind of the situation is how he kind of makes that second piece of contact. But like I, I didn't I didn't think it was a yellow card. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe I have to watch it again. But the times I saw it, I just thought it seemed it seemed like an unfair decision. Um, but you know, it, it's difficult. I should watch it again, I guess. But I just didn't think it seemed like a second yellow to me. Mm. Talking of unfair decisions, I felt as though the build up to Arsenal's goal. Um, was very unfair. I, I, if I take you back, Jordan, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong here. Watford play the ball out because they've got a man down injured. Um, mm. Now, at that point, once the injury has been resolved, they should expect to receive the ball back. Now, I don't believe Arsenal did throw the ball back to Watford. I think They did not. I think they carried on. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not sure from a refereeing point of view what you're supposed to do in that situation. But, um, you know, that's... That's not fair. That's not how. That's not very sporting. And and I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you can rule the goal out for that. But what I have seen done in the past is uh, the goal awarded, and then the opposition team almost allowed to just walk the ball from one end to the other end to even things up because of the the way that it was unfairly scored. But what, what was your opinion of of the, of the incident, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, I, I, by the letter of the law, there's no. I think the referee has jurisdiction to really um, punish the mm. opposing team for doing so because technically they're not doing anything against the rules. Mm. But um, it is a little bit, you know, you'd say perhaps poor form from Arsenal to do so. I think it's disappointing. There were moments in the game, I believe, we kicked the ball out and returned it to them. And well, even if not, there's, you know, it's just a general general piece of play or expected kind of sportsmanship you'd, you'd like to see in every game. And we've, we've had occasions where that hasn't been practiced and that hasn't been followed. Um, in certain situations but in a case like this I think it's just just poor sportsmanship it's just disappointing and obviously there are there are refereeing um, refereeing decisions that were made po- after that to, to kind of talk about too in the sense that there seemed to be a foul in Ismail as well which wasn't kind of brought up into the into the discussion for the goal or wasn't ruled as a foul and I mean not passing the ball back to us is one thing um, but I don't think the referee can do anything about that this though they could. So talk about that then, John. So I didn't see that as clearly. The, the okay, so, yeah. I mean, okay. So when the ball, when the ball comes out to to Sar, Sar's hit in the back pretty hard, falls to the ground. Play continues and eventually falls to Smith Smith Rowe who slots it away. But the foul and the build up to the goal was pretty evident, and I think they did even. I think they were checking it. It was hard to see from my, um, from my my position there, but it looked like. They were being it was being checked and was still ruled as a goal, despite the fact that Sar is clearly fouled effectively off the ball. Um and nothing's given to uh to change mm. that. Which is really frustrating because it's not it's not even subtle. It's worth watching again, Matt. Even if we just pause the podcast right here so you can watch okay. it. Um and come back. So I think it's worth doing. Well, let's so. do that then. <laughs> Don't All know where right. I get this <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Let me watch it one more time. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a coming, yeah, thousand, thousand it's a coming together, seconds. isn't it? The Sar's not even active. He's not. Even, he just played the ball. He's not even. 
Yeah, he's been blocked off, hasn't he? Well, well, hang on. I mean, yeah. Is Saar running into him, though? Let me watch it again. Is Saar running? Is, does actually Saar run into him? Saar's, Saar's no, he's dual con. He's running into Saar. Yeah, no, yeah. Saar's turning yeah. after laying the ball off. Yeah, that's a foul. Well, look at that. We've just taken, um, what's that, 30 seconds there, Jordan, uh, to watch that back. Mm -hmm. The sort of same amount of time that uh, VAR, I imagine, would, would take. Uh, we only had one angle and we could see that that was a foul. Yeah, I mean, I'm just watching it back still as we speak and <laughs> the ball's headed out by Firmenia. Saar kind of lays the ball off to Kuchka, to, who's able to clear or intending to clear. And once he's laid the ball off, he's just, you know, contact's made in the back as he's turning. Saar's not even facing him. It's just, it's a clear foul. It's not even, it's not even close to questionable. Um, and then, you know, literally a, a number of seconds, three seconds later, and the ball's in the back of the net. And Saar's still on the floor in a heap. It's, it's just really poor officiating. How it's not picked up on VAR is just, it, it's mental. And that's the, that's the goal that decides the game right there. Um, and you're talking about kind of huge, huge stakes at play here. Um, the difference between a point and, and none uh, for us is, is significant, or let alone the potential for three. Uh, and this is just a clear, a clear decision here, which which doesn't even need much, much viewing. As you say, you, you, we viewed it in thirty seconds there or less. Uh, and quite frankly, it doesn't matter how many angles you have of that; it's clear, it's a clear foul. Um, I, I don't know how there's not someone live watching that uh, and saying during the build-up, you know what, the goal's gone in, but instantly we can say it's a foul. You can disallow that. It doesn't need to be reviewed post post fact. Um, that's, there should be someone that's just viewing that and, and being able to say that from the off because it would limit that time where they're celebrating and it, it, it should be decided within seconds. But instead, um, yeah, they get the goal and they win the game from it, which is quite frankly just pathetic, especially for the top level. What's branded as one of the top leagues in the world, but we can't even get basic officiating correct. Mm. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing for the league uh, in general, I'd say. Yeah, not good officiating there from. Keith. But it's not going to be commented on because of the way it's gone. It's gone against us. It's expected. It fits the narrative. But had that been in a different situation, had we have taken out Bamiang in such a such a way and we go on to score, I'm sure it'd be a talking point for a long time. Um, but I, I'm not sure that this situation is going to be a high enough profile situation to kind of raise any real awareness to the issues, uh, which are quite evident anyway, I suppose. Well, and that's just that's just a that's just a little one. That's just a small comment we can make in it, right? Because. There's there's other issues that happen during the game. There's plenty of fouls, and you know some went against Arsenal too. But I thought the referee in the standard was just very very poor for the entirety of the game, honestly. Um, and it, it, you just expect better at this point, I feel. What other decisions um, really highlighted to you then, Jordan? That you thought that, that that's that's poor. Well, there are fouls throughout the game. I can't without taking note of the individuals. There were little fouls between players coming together and. In situations that weren't dealt with in a way that seemed necessary from from my perspective, having been able to see the replays and see the, the instances as they happened, there were some clear mishandlings there. There were corners that were given that weren't corners um, for us. There was a goal kick that was given for us that should have been quite a clear corner for Arsenal. And I'm not, that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be biased towards Watford solely, although we definitely uh, were kind of dealt with harsher in terms of how things panned out in that sense. But the, the officiating in general was very poor and both teams had decisions go against them which were should be relatively basic and we we have the means to deal with them in a, in a way that that should be fairer but it, i mean the use of the use of the system is still so poor it's still it's just not really making a difference for the good it's just kind of making things stuttered and, and inconsistent mm. further mm. not good um jordan 
coming into the game, what do you think Watford's um, Watford's mentality was? What, what was their game plan for this for this one? I think the game plan at first was to stay alive. I, I didn't think we were very aggressive at first. So we were a little bit too passive. Um, we we did grow into the game. I think the penalty save made a big difference to us. Um, and I'd imagine the game plan is for us to be a little bit more positive. When I say positive, I mean defensively positive, being a bit more proactive. Um, I thought, as I said, as the game went on, Kushka started getting involved a little bit more. Sissoko did, Tufan even to some extent. Um, and we were able to to kind of impose ourselves a little more. Um, once, as I said, that penalty was kind of the catalyst to to kind of ramping up a little bit. And as time went on, I think it was just a case of can we get can we get to the box through the wide areas? Uh, can we cause some some issues through Josh King's movement and and try and find a way to hurt an Arsenal team that are going to look to commit men forward? Didn't quite come off in the way that we wanted to, but I did think there were still some promising signs. And um, I do think that Ranieri is is able to get something out of these players, and I thought we're seeing the beginning of it. It's just a shame that we didn't quite quite show enough um, to kind of actually come away with the points uh, or even one. Well, they, they barely tested Ramsdale at all today. One shot on target, John. No, the, the, the chance creation is an issue for sure, but it's more about how we how we win the ball back and how we stop ourselves just being a punching bag for these teams that have the kind of more quality in attacking positions. We can't we can't be passive and sit back and try and contain um, the way that we have done previously because we are going to concede multiple, especially when we're unable to create chances ourselves. Um, in terms of creating the chances, I think we are relying a lot on uh, percentages and just try and get our wingers to beat their man one-on-one and hopefully kind of overperform and get some shots away and, and get a little bit of luck. Um, we're not trying to create through fast build-up and interchanging. We're just kind of being a little bit more direct. Um, and that is an issue that needs to be addressed. But I think the first thing for us uh, coming in and replacing Cisco was how do we how do we stop uh, being overrun in so many important areas of our defence and midfield? And I think we've started to address that in some ways. It's still not perfect, um, but clearly we play a little bit better when we're on the front foot off the ball. Uh, and I think we've seen that kind of come into play a little bit more as time's gone on. If you can combine that... Um, if you can combine that by raising those levels a little bit more, maybe start making the opposition force some of their own mistakes and kind of build, put you into play and put you through on goal yourself um, by these mistakes coming from your pressure. That's one thing. If we can combine that as well with some actual build-up from our own attacking players, then there is a chance that we can we can start to be a bit more competitive in these games and hopefully start coming away with some points. Mm. During the game, Jordan, you, you tweeted that um, you felt as though this game might have been a good chance for Imran Loser to, uh, to get involved because of his... Uh... His style of play. Yeah, I did. Um, look, I, I kind of said in the tweet too. These coaches have seen; they get to see more of them than, than I do, of course. Um, but based on the kind of the raw, the raw traits of loser, what we've seen uh, previously from him, um, he, he's someone that can can contribute in this sort of game. He's he's mobile. He's able to get forward. He can he can play backwards too. His use of the ball can be good. It can be a little bit inconsistent, but he does play forward. And when you're trying to be direct, you're not. You're not having a ton of interplay in the field. You want someone that can play forward with some precision and, and take that chance a little bit more. Uh, as well as that, he can be aggressive off the ball. He's a, he can be a real pressing machine when used correctly. Um, but clearly there's something that's that's not quite right there. Um, I actually did get some comments on that that apparently Ranieri said during the press conference he, he needs him to up his stamina and just work a little bit on his fitness and physicality, which... You know, it's not it's not a quick fix, but hopefully, hopefully, at some point soon, he can be introduced more into the team because I do think he has the traits and abilities you'd like to see from a, a midfielder in Ranieri's team. Um, so hopefully, at some point, we see that because I do think he's a he's a type of player that we're lacking right now because we, we whilst we do have the Sissoko and and the Kuchkas of, of that midfield area, then then ball winners, we do need a slightly different player. 
um, someone that can offer something similar to Cleverly, mm. not quite the same. I'm not, I'm not saying they're the same, um, but kind of pressing from a little bit more of a forward position and, and, and not allowing that, that pivot or that midfielder to, to get on the ball and play as much. Um, and, and Loser could be that guy and then also he'd be able to start kind of playing forwards a little bit too. When we talk about kind of bringing those wingers into play, bringing that striker into play, um, we do need, well, currently we would need that midfielder to help kind of bind those areas together. And I think Loser could be that. Um, it just remains to be seen whether he'll get the opportunity. Well, the creative midfielder chosen by Ranieri today was Tufan, uh, back mm-hmm. in for um, Pedro after that experiment. Didn't really work, I don't feel. You can Perhaps you can tell me a bit about what you thought about his his role against Southampton, Jordan. But um, how, how did Tufan do as well today? A couple of questions for you there. I, I thought Tufan was fine. Um, we, we just didn't retain the ball enough in midfield to really bring him into play. And, you know, you could argue that he wasn't in the right position, but I think his job was much more of that of a defensive one in the end, which is a shame because I think to see the best out of Tufan, you want to see him on the ball. He can, he can play well off the ball, of course, but you want him in possession. He didn't really get enough of that. Um, and when he did, there wasn't a ton for him to, to kind of play with. So... It was always going to be a difficult game for him, I think. Um, definitely a difficult one for him to come out with any real sort of praise. Um, so, yeah, I thought he was okay. So, what was the other question regarding Pedro? Yeah, Pedro was came in for Tufan against Southampton. He started in that sort mm-hmm. of central midfield role. At least it looked like that's where he was being asked to play. Yeah. Kind of the link between the two. But it never really got going for him. And I, I wasn't surprised really to see Tufan back in for Pedro, mm-hmm. even though, of course... Uh, that might have been made anyway because Pedro has suffered a, a loss recently. And actually, I was surprised he was he was involved in the team at all, Pedro. But um, yeah, what, what, what's uh, what's your thoughts on that, John? Well, I think I think Pedro can offer something in that position. Naturally, they're going to be it's going to be a slightly more forward-thinking role. He's going to want to try and get into the box a little bit more and, and occupy those defenders a little bit more. Um, but I quite like it. Um, I, I think Pedro's one of our better players, and if you can get him on the pitch, then um, I'm happy to see it. Um, it wasn't great against Southampton. Uh, I thought when he came on today, he did reasonably well. But it, it was it wasn't a a different, slightly different position though when he came on today, wasn't it, Jordan? He was yeah. further up. I mean, he's more advanced, but we're talking about you know we're splitting hairs in some ways. It all depends on uh, some you know minute instructions and also the way the game's flowing. At that point, obviously, we're being a little bit more aggressive and trying to get back into the game, uh, playing going back to that kind of four four two. Um, and Pedro playing a little bit more advanced, but he, he we know he's a player that can play with his back to goal. He can play from deeper positions. I think with the difference with with Pedro and and, and Tufan in that position is that to, once once Pedro has got that ball into forward areas and he does play forwards, he's going to follow it up and and make that run off the box and be a threat in there too. And I think that's a real a real positive for us. Should we be able to find a way of making it uh, truly effective and consistent? Um, I like the option. I think there'll be certain games where you'll start like that. And, you, you know, it's, we, we talk about formations where we're really kind of simplifying things or, or kind of putting players into these roles that are very kind of stagnant roles. And the reality is Pedro is more than capable of playing anywhere between the centre circle and the penalty box. So, you know, sorry, the penalty spot. So we have to just try and find ways of using them there and making them effective. And if that changes throughout the game or changes game by game, then that's, that's okay for me as long as he's on the pitch. I, I'm quite happy. Did you see the kind of back and forth between Arteta and Ranieri at the end of the game? I saw there's some discussion on the touchline after the final whistle. It looked like it was kind of getting a little bit heated. No, I didn't see it. What, what was uh, what did it look like? It was. It was I mean, I, I don't know if it was a full-on refusal of handshake by Ranieri, but it was. A, I think it looked to be. Oh, Ranieri um, was uh, at fault, was he? Well, in he, terms he, of the uh, the the etiquette, uh, he was expected. not pleased. He was not pleased. Yeah, he. 
he's seen to be gesturing towards the opposite touchline. And I assume he is referring to the ball not being played back from Arsenal uh, when kicked out by Rose. Yeah. And obviously the resulting goal. But I'm I'm still upset about that, so I'm not surprised he is because you know I mean that's, that's his job, you know. Yeah, I think I think that's some I think that's something that really took it that really got to him, and of course the the, the Saar um, incident too. And if he's if he's talking to Ranieri, you know, oh, sorry, if he's talking to Arteta, it, it's not Arteta's fault if the referee's missing things, but um, it is a reflection of Arteta in a sense when his players do something on the pitch in terms of not passing the ball into into the Watford territory when they're kind of getting that throwing back on the pitch and that seemed to be the issue and uh, I think it's justified for him to be to be pissed off at that because it is a bit of a slight and it, as we were saying it's not it's not sportsmanlike and maybe that's maybe it's a fantasy to think that we should be able to expect that but you know most well, teams well, I, mean, are... I mean most teams understand what the, what the what the rule is there I mean I know it's an unwritten rule but you know if, if you put the ball out because there's someone injured you you throw the ball back to that team that's yeah. how that goes. That happens on the Sunday league pitches. Um, yeah. Why should that be any different in the Premier League? I don't know. Well, clearly Ranieri agrees with you. So. <laughs> that, that was my interpretation of the conversation anyway. Well, uh, you know, if that's, you know, if that's what, what happened there, then I, I can understand his, his disappointment. And, and um, to be fair, I think, I think he probably should still shake his hand and, um, he may have done. Honestly, the camera might have cut away too early, but there was there was definitely some conversation. It looked like Ranieri started to walk down the tunnel when when the camera pulled away. But um, so how do you so coming into these next few games? Obviously, we've got tough fixtures coming up. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling with this next running after the after the opening Ranieri reign? The opening of Ranieri's reign. Yeah, I know. Well, oh, that's is that four defeats now from from five games. That uh, Ranieri's been in charge of. Still no clean sheet. No clean sheet. I can see. I can see what he's trying to do. Um, And obviously, the Everton game was was fantastic to see. Uh, You know, Watford don't come back from from being down too often, and um, they don't score five that often either, especially in the Premier League. So that that is that that was that was very nice to see. But um, Look, I don't think it's going to be judged off the back of these next games, to be honest, because we're expected to lose them, aren't we? Um... But then we're expected to lose this one today, yet we still feel... Uh, that's the thing. There's a way of losing them, as you say. You're not necessarily judged off them, but you still can be too. Because there's a way of losing them. There's a way of kind of seeing these defeats. And if you if you looked at today's game and you see it's a 1-0, you can make an assessment based on the defeat or... You can look at the performance and say, okay, there are elements, there are reasons, there are other factors that kind of contributed to this. And I don't come away from this game feeling particularly disheartened in some ways. Obviously, disheartened because of the way things went and some decisions made, etc. But um, I'm not overly, overly concerned of, of Ranieri from that from that performance. Um, I, I think it's better than we could have expected under Cisco. So I think this could be a, a decent run of fixtures for us to kind of find a little bit more out about the team and the and, and the coach. Yeah, there's a few ways you can look at this game, really, aren't there? I mean, one goal in it against Arsenal. I mean, mm. on the face of it, you think, oh, we, we were in the game. But then anyone watching the game will know that we weren't really in the game, to be honest. We we, <laughs> we barely got a shot on target. Um, we didn't really get the ball in their half that often. We didn't look very creative. We didn't look very attacking. Um, we got away with a couple of things. Um, Arsenal, you know... You know, scuppered themselves a few times. They uh, they scored the first goal that was offside. Um, they 
they didn't look that great themselves. And so you could think, okay, maybe we should have been better there. But then mm-hmm. you, you think again, you're like, oh, well, no, it is Arsenal. Maybe just losing by the goal isn't that bad. But I don't know. I think based upon Arsenal's performance today, um, I felt as though Watford maybe maybe should be disappointed that they weren't able to really put much of a stamp on the game because that could have been a very different result and Watford actually attacked more. I mean, it's easy to say attack more because you're up against some very talented players in Arsenal and, you know, the, the, the midfield's job is to shut down what Watford couldn't create and, 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 and the defence didn't really have much to defend against. I mean, I mean, I can't remember too many opportunities when Watford really got forward and had opportunities. Can you? I mean, there was that Joshua King one where he managed to profit from um, a mistake by Ramsdale and he probably should have squared it for Saar um, rather than going for it from that tight angle. But there was when King rounded Ram and Ramsdale came rushing out of goal and King. Yeah, yeah. There was that, but there, yeah, we weren't making clear cut chances. Clearly, it wasn't. It wasn't a situation where we we deserved to win the game um, no. or anything like that. But it's. Uh, I would be worried based on what the Watford performance. I would be worried against playing the next four matches. To be honest, uh, even against Man United, who are very up and down, aren't they? But yeah. I mean, just to put this in perspective, InfoGoal rated our, our XG in that 90 minutes is 0.46 to Arsenal's 1.55. Um, so That seems about right. That seems about right. Yeah, uh, and the biggest opportunity, the highest probability opportunity was Josh King's uh, when he rounded uh, Ramsdale. That was our best chance to game, according to InfoGoal's model, which I think is just about, is pretty fair. Um, and yeah, like it's, that it, that is a situation. I think we weren't creating enough chances. But for me the thing is I'm still comparing this to Cisco and how I expect these games to have gone to him and how we're progressing um, and, and for me there's progress even if it's not perfect I think we've seen some progress and even if that's defensively or even if that's how we turn the ball over not directly translating to goals at this point bar um, the exception of the Everton game I still think there are some positives and I, I do think that we are capable of getting something out of these games if we play in a positive combative manner there is a chance that we can get something out of these next four. Obviously, United, Leicester, Chelsea, Man City is horrible. But if you come out of that with three, six, four, whatever the kind of total is points, then you're still feeling a little bit more positive. And that puts us into a good position coming into that run of some slightly more favourable uh, opponents in, in the likes of Brentford and Burnley, Palace, Wolves uh, and such around us. Yeah, that's the gamble, isn't it? And, and that only only shows if it's paid off if you actually get results against those teams that, that, that you should be challenging against. I'd rather play these games uh, against the top teams on this side than the latter because this is the time now we can start to kind of get through these basics and, and, and see what Ranieri is instilling and make some mistakes in games we're expected to lose and then hopefully we can be a little bit more established by the time it comes around to playing uh, these teams closer, closer to us in December. Will you be happy watching these games um, from... what well, I, mean, I mean, this performance... From from Watford um, was very instrumented by, by by Ranieri in terms of what he wanted to see, and it seemed as though he was very about containment and um, and playing for the playing for the opportunities that that might have come had had there been some loose balls or or, or, or you know counter attacking basically is, is is what he what he was looking for didn't get much of that counter attacking and that's what i was disappointing about i wasn't expecting watford to yeah. be on the front foot i wasn't asking for a leeds type performance you know just going just going for it you know letting themselves lo- loose at the back and just you know saying we'll score more than you type attitude um i i wasn't expecting that i don't want that but i did want to see more 
counter-attacking um yeah uh, full stop i think i think some of the i think some of the turnovers were good but the execution from there on wasn't great i think that's the problem yeah the, the what you mean the link that I mean, we, we managed to win the ball back in the midfield but then just didn't we what, just what didn't, do you do with it when yeah, you get exactly. it that's the thing we didn't find any yeah. way of moving that ball out to any 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 width or it or, or or you know looping over the top even there was there was nothing there there was nothing there yeah. and and we needed to see more <laughs> of that and i don't know if that's going to come against any of those other sides um and i suppose is what you're saying jordan that you'd, you'd be quite happy us losing one nil against all of these teams because it shows that we're we're defending well and we're trying to keep them contained and it's just the one goal that we're losing by rather than no, I think losing a... say four two like it, 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 it's more well no it's more that i want to see i want to see I don't expect Ranieri, the situation we're in as a, as a team right now, I didn't expect Ranieri to come in and be instant managerial bounce back to, you know, kind of where we want to be aggressive, like uh, successful and, and kind of beating these teams that we do not expect to be beating. I want to see, I want to see progression. I want to see um, little, little signs of improvement incrementally over these games. And I'd rather have the opportunity to do so against teams we expect to lose against because the fundamentals you're going to start with in this, in this situation. When, when, when Ranieri comes in here, he's got he's got things to change. He has he has decisions to make. He has um, a philosophy and systems to install. I think the first thing you look at is okay before we get to the the deep minute areas of, ta- of, of the tactical of, uh, sorry the tactical approach how we want to approach these games. The first thing we need to improve is application commitment and how we look to defend as a team how we look to win the ball back from there you start to progress and start to add in these other factors and look how the players start to identify and and actually adapt and impose a style of play on top of that but the fundamentals the first things you have to get to as a team is how you're going to move as a unit what areas of the pitch you're going to defend in all these basic things that we've seen Ranieri and other Italian coaches especially do so if you're going to install those those areas of the game best to do so early on which is going to happen naturally and if we could be doing that early on best play the teams around us that we're not necessarily expected to beat because in my opinion we want to be at our best or as are close to our best against the teams that are around us because that's re- they're really the games that matter obviously it's great to get points at any situation three points against uh against arsenal today would have been fantastic and if they're no whilst they're no better than three points against the teams around us we know um, the effect they can have in terms of them picking up points and it's just important that we progress over this time and I think it's a good opportunity to do so I don't want to see us lose one in every week because it's a, it's a lower score it's more the fact that we are seeing some positive signs rather than just coasting through these games and losing at a rate that we'd expect to did do you see the positive signs today Jordan did you did you feel as though there was there was some takeaways there that um that, that, that can be built I did honestly I just think I, I think we we weren't we weren't overly passive and I think we're a bad passive team uh, some teams can do it. Some teams can defend deep. Some teams can defend in sp- uh, with with space off the ball. Um, I don't think we're good at it. I don't think it suits the squad that we have. And I, I think that when you're a team that <clears throat> that struggled to create chances such as uh, as we do, um, I think you have to create momentum. Um, I think momentum is is created by aggression, uh, in, especially in midfield and winning that ball back, um, playing on the front foot. Uh, you take risks by doing so. You might leave some space behind you, but I think it suits the team we have more. I think it suits our wide players, our forward. Um, I think we're a much better team when we play in that way. Um, it's not that I'm necessarily... I, I happen to be more aligned to that style of thinking, that way of playing, 
but I'm not saying it's always necessarily better than the other the other form. But uh, in, in terms of everything involved, our squad, the coach, I think it suits us. So if I'm seeing that more regularly, if I'm seeing those signs of us turning that ball over and starting to make a few kind of in ways into progressing in that sense, and I feel positive about it, even though it's not a complete turnaround in how we're, how we're playing and it's not a complete um, forward trajectory that we're only going up, but um, there are some positives for me in, in that sense. Okay, good stuff. I, you've, you've made me uh, feel a bit more infused now about the, about the upcoming fixtures. <laughs> Well, that's good to hear, Matt. Uh, away from the game today, then. Um, last week, Watford hosted a, a YouTube uh, special where they where they got on Cristiano Giretta and they asked him a few questions, and he uh, did his best to avoid answering them. But uh, he he did he did answer a couple. Uh, I think one of the biggest ones, just judging from the questions that we from the fans portion of the show, where where people sent in questions, a lot of those questions were based around the defence. Um, and how disappointed people have been with that, and whether we can expect reinforcements. The answer we got, Jordan, seemed to suggest that Watford should concentrate on improving the players they currently have, rather than looking to 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 add to uh, to, to that area. Is that, is that what you sort of uh, took away from it? Yeah, I mean, I understand. I think there's an element of of saying that we have these players available to us. We think we have players that are capable. Uh, the deficiencies in defending were down to organisation and coaching rather than the ability of the players. So if that's the stance you take, then, then fair enough. I think it's quite evident to me we could do um, with the you know, physical reinforcement of having another player brought in and we could upgrade some positions. Having said that, I also am aware of the reality that upgrading in January is not ideal, especially if you're looking to upgrade your starter. Um, come halfway through the season, you could be very very much in the relegation position and think that you could be stuck with an asset on your hands you have to move on in a few months and almost definitely take a loss on so fine if that's your approach I get it you're taking a risk but this decision is something that should have been or this situation is something that should have been handled in the off season uh, not part way through uh, we obviously made some change in terms of bringing in Kulu in uh, which which seems to okay so far we, I think people feel pretty good about that um, but it wasn't the ideal situation um, and I kind of agree in a sense. I, I can see where he's coming from, uh, from his position in the club, that it might be best to look at how we can uh, how we can adapt the team we have and how we can progress with the players that we do have defensively, even though, of course, in many regards, I would like to see a better defender come in. Of course I would. He was asked um, whether he involved Ranieri in the decision-making, and uh, it was quite weird because he, he was kind of asked this question twice, and in the first time he answered it, he said, he said that it's too early. To, to involve him and then the second time he he kind of said that he he did now i i don't know which way what that means what that means jordan but what did, what did you what did you think i don't think the <laughs> i don't think the model changes in that sense i think there's always been a discussion with um with coaches and you know they might respect ranieri's opinion a little bit more than, than others perhaps uh in terms of kind of what he wants but look if you if you're if you're trying to recruit for a, a club rather than a manager you're trying to recruit a certain style of players or looking at a certain market um, or dealing with certain agents, whoever you're doing it. Um, I think they, or I know they've always included the manager in, in, or the head coach in some capacity, whether that's merely from a, an opinion or perspective point of view, um, how seriously that's taken and how, how closely they kind of follow those suggestions is is up for debate and varies quite heavily. Um, but he, the, the coaches are always part of the discussion. It's just, it's just really about how much the input they actually have. Um, I don't think it's huge. Um, but I wouldn't say it's nothing either. So it's probably a difficult question to answer because I'm sure it, it varies from coach to coach. And also, 
um, in the, in different situations, even with that coach. Maybe Ranieri wanted to bring someone in that he's worked with previously, or maybe he wants a certain style of player. They're both they're, they're two very different questions, and, and I'm sure they're dealt with very differently. Mm. Was there anything else that you picked up on that that was that was important or, or interesting that uh, that you said? I mean, it's not particularly. It's all very difficult, isn't it? Because there's so much that's. Um, Unable to be said. I think it's interesting mm. when the club put these 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 people in these positions because really they can't it, it, they can't talk too much. It, it, it very reminds me like when he you was see... a politician, didn't it? Like he was just sort of like treading yeah. the party line almost, and 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 we desperately want to know the answers to questions that they're never going to let us know the answers to. Jordan, I don't know why we yeah. why we keep asking. It reminds me of when but... you see you see actors on talk shows before a film comes out or before a TV show comes out, and they can't talk about anything because it's spoiled. You know, they're always having to talk with one hand behind their back, and they can't fully answer any real questions. The only other question which I did get some comment on, which I had a couple of people ask me about on Twitter, was um, the the youth academy and 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 how we'd be looking to to bring players yeah, in from there. Yeah, that's right. He said he wanted he said the um what was it? What was his uh, exact exact his exact words were the goal is to get a Watford under 23 or, or under 18 through to the first team. Yeah, you, I mean some views on that, Jordan. I just I just don't I just don't believe that really is the goal. I'm not I'm not trying to say Jared is a liar. I just I I just think that I don't think realistically nothing we've done, no action we've taken suggests anything close to that for me um our academy is not something to be proud of right now we're not kind of really treading any new ground or really being that forward thinking it's a it's a placeholder for um some potential talent but it's really just uh an under 23 setups that's there for the sake of being there and can be a bit of a, a comeback route for injured players and it's very much just not a factor to the first team. There's no real link at all. I don't look at it as even close to that, actually. Um, so to suggest that we're looking to bring players in to the first team from from the under-23s is uh, quite far-fetched. So I don't think there's anyone even close to that right now. Um, and If that is our plan, then we're at the very, very beginning of doing so because we have to change practically everything, in my opinion. Should we touch a bit on the fact that um, very recently uh, a couple of managers in the Premier League have lost their job? Uh, Norwich's Daniel Farker and uh, today Aston Villa's Dean Smith. Um, I guess, you know, it's that time of the, the, year, the year, Jordan. Um, perhaps we went a little bit early on it, uh, but we, we certainly we've set the trend now. And, um, mm. you know, the clubs at the bottom are, are starting to, um, you know, cut their losses and, um, and bring in something else. Yeah, of course, man. I think it's, um, I mean, it's necessary, isn't it? All the talk that's going into Villa prior to the season, and they've lost the last five. Obviously, they've not been, they've not been good this season, have they? And then Norwich, of course. I mean, it was kind of insanity in terms of how long they were going, continuing with continuing with things, um, and this complete contrast to us and how we've operated. Norwich and Norwich and Watford have been. Uh, the complete opposite in so many ways in terms of how they dealt with certain issues off the pitch, and and now we've ultimately ended up in the same the same position. Uh, you know, I, I think it has to be. You can't criticize clubs for doing so. You have to be able to be proactive. Um, I know it, it obviously varies in terms of how people view it. Some people view it as harsh and unnecessary, um, and then the same decision being made for a different club can be proactive. It all depends on the lens that it's viewed in. Uh, and quite often, or 99% of the time, is what for the view to the negative side, um, which is something we're all used to as fans. Um, but look, these coaches have to go sometimes, and it's not always the correct answer, but it's a way of changing things. 
uh, with the stakes being as high as they are, so much in the line. If that's a way you can be proactive in the way you think you can make a positive difference, even if it's not entirely the coach's fault, then clubs are going to take that. And I think that's kind of what we've seen uh, with these two. Mm. Uh, should we ask a few questions or rather answer a few questions that um, that have been sent in, Jordan? Oh, yeah, I didn't know we had any. Go ahead. Yeah, we've had some. We've had some. Um, let's see then. We've... Uh... We've got one from Nick Da, who says uh, that uh, a, a key discussion for him is what to do with Saar at the minute. Apparently, apparently he thinks he's, he's just not at the race at the minute. Something I actually agree with, Jordan. Mm. In terms of how to get the most out of him? Yeah, I, I mean, we kind of discussed this earlier when I, I mentioned that Saar's not been having some of the best performances of late. Um, mm. From memory, I think you said that we have to just consist because he's our best player. Yeah, in my opinion, I think we're still at the stage of I'm going to play him through it and see what happens. Uh, I think doing things to put him in a better position, such as support of Kiko, um, you know, allowing him to drift into some more narrow spaces and giving him that help. Uh, I think that's one way of doing it. It's obviously difficult when we're playing against the top teams. Um, he's going to be in a slightly different role. But having said that, I think these are good opportunities for him uh, to, to contribute and, and kind of get back on form. I'm not overly concerned with Saar. We've seen what he can do. Um, we've seen how he can perform in in the Premier League, and I think he's someone that can that can bounce back. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, why... off, the, off the back of that one, Stuart says that he he's starting to remind him of Richarlison towards the end of his stay. Yeah, not for What's me, it? not for me. I get what no. he's saying, but not, no, I think um, I, I I think you can question Saar. I think Saar gets some questions because of his body language, his approach sometimes. But I think it's just a bit. Unnecessary. I, I know what people are saying. I'm, I'm not trying to like be patronising with my response to that. I just don't view it that way. I think Saar has a lot of quality. We've seen he's a young guy still, relatively. I know Richardson was too, um, but I, I'm not worried about him dropping off and, and not recovering. Richardson was extended. Um, I think Richardson's attitude is, is a much different. I think he's a much different player, much different personality to Saar from my from what I see. Um, and I think Sars... Nick, Nick, Nick's opinion here is that he never seems to want to beat his man and keeps getting pulled into the middle rather than stretching sides and getting into the wide areas where he can be so dangerous yeah I mean I don't know I think saying he never wants to beat his man is a little bit harsh I think you have to be you have to look at Sars' position you have to look at the players around him what's what what kind of decoys are we given here? When when Saar can beat players, yeah, he can he can beat his man one on one. He can beat most guys one on one. What's the what's the outcome of that? Where, where's he going to? What's in the box for him? What are his options? If we're not giving him the opportunity to, we're not making his defender, we're not making his master mask marker question anything else. Whoever's on Saar at the moment is on Saar. They can even they can even apply two players to him sometimes because our activity in midfield or movement up front has been a bit lacking at times in, in the forward areas, especially when you're playing a counter-attacking way. You might have players quite stretched out and this team could be quite stretched out. So Saar's been quite isolated. Um, I think if you had him in a situation where we've got midfielders that are making runs, we have a forward that's able to drag players around and Saar's got a defender that's a little bit out of position and we're able to drag these players in some different situations, then maybe Saar can capitalise some more. And we've seen him do that even this season. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too concerned in terms of Saar uh, not taking on players himself. I think that will come. He likes to attack his man. I think he's just not been in a position to do so as much as he wants. Also, he's been trying to retain the possession, uh, retain possession a little bit because oftentimes the ball's getting out wide and and that's kind of where it's ending. So he's drifted inside a little bit and, and played the ball into midfield sometimes. And maybe he could take his man on a little bit more, but I do question whether he'll have the, the necessary support to actually make anything fruitful happen from that as well. 
Good stuff. Um, anything that you want to comment on, Jordan, before we go into that period where we just chat rubbish? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, I think that's pretty much it. Obviously, as, as you said at the beginning of the show, we just uh, we just literally came from watching the game. So we might have a few points we've missed on there or a couple of things we haven't discussed at, at the length we should have done. But um, this is a very much a kind of raw view of the game. Straight after, literally seconds after the final whistle. So um, apologies if we missed anything. Please tell us if we have, and we'll mm. do our best to discuss it. Um, and another, another, another apology is is uh, I'm sorry that we didn't get one out for last week. Um, actually, we've had we've had a new review oh, no. <laughs> uh, on on the iTunes, uh, and, and they've been very kind here. Thanks to Metropolitan Man, very kind. He's saying five stars, but also where are you? Uh, <laughs> he enjoys he enjoys the pods. Uh, he says I'm guessing with Jordan and Canada. It's becoming more of an effort to do them. Come on, boys, where are you? Get the chats going. I'm missing you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, it kind of. Well, I mean, it's, I'm not. I'm not putting the on yourself, Jordan. It's, it's difficult for all of us to to come together. I mean, when we started these uh, in in lockdown, um, it it was a lot easier to find the time, wasn't it? But um, yeah, it's the it's something, it's, it's something it's, that's tough. Yeah, we, we will get we'll get to a position where we we're able to do it more consistently and hopefully kind of get it out there and you don't have to you won't be missing episodes we won't be having games that are missed but it's been tough for me personally i've been working uh, a ton um in the in the recent months and it's been difficult with time difference to to meet up but also it's it, it's also an element of trying to get all three of us there's been times where i have been available and maybe tom's not been available and that's not, it's kind of just trying to time all three and, and find that way of getting us all on um and yeah we want to do it of course we all we enjoy doing it um, and we want to kind of get it out for you guys because we appreciate that you listen and it's nice to hear that uh, that we've got a five star review and yeah we appreciate the support yeah. especially during that lockdown phase it was real good for us because we it was a, it was a nice out it was a nice outlet for us and it was a time when I think supporters felt quite disconnected from other supporters so I think having the show having the podcast that people to listen to um, was good I imagine like I hope you guys enjoyed it clearly some of you did and stayed around. Um, but also it was good for us too because we had, a, as I said, an outlet to discuss things and discuss the kind of team that we love and and look at things a different way. And yeah, we enjoyed it. So we want to continue that as much as possible this season and beyond um, and hopefully kind of get some get some structure down and get some routine down. I have got slight a slight bit more routine now, hopefully over the next few months and maybe had that stability to to be able to record on a more regular basis and not, not miss games for you guys. Mm. It's been a real privilege um, for for myself to 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 bring this to you, as particularly during during lockdown. And, I, and I'm pleased that so many people have have, um, have got in touch and, and said that uh, they enjoy what we do. Apologies that we like like we said we uh, haven't been here as regularly, but um, we will we will continue to try and get pods out. And it also should be said that it should be noted too that. Tom and I really nothing. Matt does all the work in terms. He does all the editing and all the all the scheduling, everything like that. So really, should be thanking Matt. Tom and Tom and I make up a small percentage of what goes into this. So thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for doing that during lockdown and and now Matt, you do do a great job. So I hear I can't bear to listen back to my own voice, but from what I understand, oh, thanks, mate. Uh, I mean they they, they they come for you two. They don't come for me at all. They, they, they don't they don't care what I talk about. <laughs> I'm just there asking the questions. That's... I don't think that's. I don't think that's true, Matt. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. In fact, guys, you need to tell you need to tell Matt what good what good job he's done and how you're here for him. We need to start including you in the conversation a little bit more because I don't want to make this. The, <laughs> I don't want to make this a Jordan show because no one wants to listen to me drag on for the, the right. entirety of the thing. Um, 
Right, but, yeah, well, no, um, it's been good. It's uh, been good. Let's put a full stop in it and um, and look forward to the next one. Uh, like we said, uh, uh, that, that was a review that came through on iTunes. And if you want to review us, um, hopefully about us being here this time, uh, please do please do um, drop a drop a uh, you know a, a review in. Uh, all you have to do is just go to i Metropolitan Man. Yeah, thanks, Metropolitan. Who was that Metropolitan Man? Did you say? Just uh, go to iTunes. Um, we've currently got four point eight out of five rating from 26 ratings that's not bad it's not bad 4.8 out of 5 yeah it's pretty good 4.8 we've oh. had uh in the past we've had one good. we've had a one one star once at, at some point um i can't remember what that was that was that was, that was way back but... oh yeah that was a good effort are we going to talk about the tragic reasons to why tom's not here uh, I, 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 now now tom isn't here <laughs> because he's gone where's he gone he's gone um He's gone to watch James Bond. Yeah, Tom, you can watch James Bond at any time. Any time you can watch James Bond. I watched James Bond last week. I watched it last week too. Look, did you? Oh, I thought I thought it was very good. And I, I, not, I, not, I, not this is a film review show, but I really I really enjoyed it. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a little tear at the end of it. I... But having said that, absolute criminal to miss the podcast and the what the game. Or James Bond. I'm, yeah, I'm we're calling disp- you out here, Tom. We're calling yeah, you this out is, this here. Is what is kind of sport are you? The allotment's one thing, but for James, I mean, come on, the cinema. I like yeah. the cinema as much as the next guy, but Paul. Jesus Christ, this has got Paul. this has got to be a priority. Um, I hope you're listening to this, Tom. And I hope you're listening all the way to the end. <laughs> so, spoiler, spoilers for No Time to Die. You enjoyed it though. You had a good time. Oh, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, probably one of the best Bonds I've seen for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't let James Bond. Well, actually, no. You said no spoilers. I'm no, 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 no. It's just a spoiler warning. Oh, you said anything it was a spoiler said, warning. Anything oh, okay. said beyond this point, there's there's potential for spoilers. Well, you so know, you it's, been, it's, it's been out long enough now, hasn't it? Yeah. You can't let Bond die. Yeah. You can't let Bond die. You're, Bond kinda, isn't supposed to die. I kind of liked it. Though. I kind of liked the decision. Well, uh, I mean, does that mean they're drawing a curtain? It wipes a slate. Whole... It wipes a slate clean for that. They can't use any of those characters again, can they? Well, I mean, they can use the characters. They can't use those. Act- it, the, the whole thing will be reset, right? You can't use the same money penny. You can't use the same M. You can't use the same. Everything changes, surely. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I felt as though until they killed off Bond, I felt as though they were setting up for the character who was playing 007 initially. I'm so bad at remembering names, but mm. I felt like they were setting no, up for, for her to come in and, and, and be the new Bond, which is fine. But um, yeah, you're right. Maybe they can't. Maybe it has to be a complete wipe now of everyone, Mike, and then bring it all in again. Or maybe that's it. Is Bond just done? Is, is that it? No? No, 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 no. I mean, it's Bond a big money maker. No, not, I'm surprised if they're just turning, turning their backs on it. No, they're still, they're, they're actively in the, in the process of kind of getting the new guy in, aren't they? So, or girl, I don't know. Um, but I think it's, I don't know, I thought it was interesting. I, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the film. I think it, it felt like forever that we were waiting to actually watch it. That was almost two years ago. It was going to be released. And then, and then for no for um, no apparent reason, but, Jordan, we decided each to put an extra month or whatever on top of that ourselves just because <laughs> just because we fancied it. <laughs> no, no time, time to podcast. podcast yeah. Yeah, no time to watch um, uh, yeah, no, it was it was good, and that, even just being it back in the cinema mm. was kind of strange. I agree, um, I agree. Was that your was that your first yeah. time back in cinema yeah. since? It was. Uh, huh. It was weird. Uh, I felt like I I should have had a mask on. I'm not sure if you're supposed to actually. Hopefully not. Did you? What, <laughs> what, <laughs> what was the rule? Because what's the rule there for you in terms of going to cinema? Did you have to like what? Did you have to go in? Like, do you have to show any ID? Because right right here we had to do a. Um, like a vaccine, like passport, oh, okay. vaccine passport. No, and we're piece not of doing ID. that yet, but that has been talked about as plan B. 
Yeah, so anything that's in a in a non-essential capacity, cinema, bars, restaurants, that sort of thing, um, you have to show a proof of vaccination, a piece of ID to confirm that it's you before entering. So when we went, it was actually, I think one of the nice things about going a little bit later was, there was it was a very small screening. There was us and probably 20 people in there maximum. Um, and it wasn't too wasn't too bad but it was um it was definitely something that was a little bit strange to be back in there yeah i was in a small cinema um in, in hemel hempstead um big up cine world um <laughs> big up cine that's probably the, yeah yeah i mean I, I, I wasn't being i was i was, I was just saying i'm just there but i know you were there right. we go. um I, I, I don't know i don't know if you've ever been to jarman park before jordan back when you were living in england mm. no I have not. I don't think. No. I spent most of my time. I was. I lived in Watford. For, I was born in Watford, and I lived there for a very short period of time. But I spent most of my time not living in Watford. Actually, okay. um, fair enough. Despite having a season ticket there the entire time, it was mostly a travel to travel to games sort of situation. Oftentimes, home games were closer. Oh, sorry, further away than the away ones. So. But there's a whole story about how you became a Watford fan. But we're getting further and further away from finishing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's true yeah all right perhaps we'll bring that to but you we, on we, the christmas special of how yeah. jordan became a watford fan we can gather around the around the campfire and i can tell that story for sure right well i think we should stop it there thanks very much Wrap um, it up. For, for listening uh, we'll be back again hopefully next week please please fingers crossed we'll be back next week um and um we'll carry on we the chat back. hopefully talking about a watford win against manchester united uh and cristiano ronaldo as well i, I want to see his i want to see his i want to see him cry after 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 Watford beat me. You going to the game? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. miss that Ooh, one. Good stuff. Even though it's my girlfriend's birthday on that. Oh well, look, I mean, it's, Shh, don't tell me. yeah, that's fine. Go ahead, Matt. Get bring her down there. She can enjoy. Didn't the last one she went to Jane Lowe, wasn't it? Uh, it wasn't. Yeah, actually, I think, and we lost, didn't we? Yeah. So actually, yeah. Sorry, she's don't bring her down there, Matt. She, she's not a good no. omen. All right, get keep her out of the uh, road. Well, enjoy the game. Jordan, I'm having I'm having I'm having difficulties ending this. Can you can you do it? Please? Right, thanks for listening again, guys and girls. Really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week with a full review of the Manchester United game, hopefully celebrating three points to the Hornets. Uh, until then, we'll be on Twitter. Should you want to talk to us about anything in the upcoming Oh, we may have talked about a couple of things that we can talk about now. Now I'm struggling to end this as well. We'll get to any oh, we, any discussion points. We have to leave those we have to leave that as a tease. There's a couple of players that, that we had some uh, this we're meant to be discussing they're out on loan um, we'll make sure we get to that next episode this one's done for now we're having trouble ending it so I'm going to end it and we'll see you next week thanks bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.